podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bradley, I've got to do something with your Wi-Fi, mate. The Fantasy Football Show. Take three. My name's James. Welcome to Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondence, where me and Gary Robinson have still got our fingers crossed that Bradley Parker's Wi-Fi is going to hold out. Let me introduce you to our Wolves correspondent, Bradley. How are you, mate? Uh, Great. Just going to send probably abuse to Richard Branson's company after this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more than just Wi-Fi, mate. And our Manchester United correspondent, Gary Robinson. How are you, Gary? Yeah, I'm still good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Good stuff. I love the fact that those on YouTube can probably say, Bradley, are you holding that phone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bradley looks like he's had 12 pints of Super Skull <laughs> and his phone's shaking. <laughs> right, Bradders, talk to me about Sunday because next Thursday against Manchester United is not even the most important game this week, is it? No. Sunday is the most important game of the year. Unless those... we play them again. For those unfamiliar with uh, the Black Country derby, how important is West Brom versus Wolves, mate? Everything. Like, it's all over. Sunday either makes or breaks the entire season. It's so, going to be a good season, but it always be tainted by we lost to them. Would you Would you rather finish sixth in the league and qualify for the Europa and lose on Sunday or just win on Sunday and do nothing the rest of the season? Just win on Sunday. That's big, isn't it? <laughs> so, Gary, I've already asked you this once, but you must be full of joy then, knowing that Wolves are very distracted by their cup game on Sunday. No, not at all. I think Monu under the lights is uh, the exact opposite as to what that group of players is going to enjoy. So, not not looking confident to that one at all. In, in serious note, Bradley, like if it goes wrong, is there a, a, a kind of a serious concern that it would completely derail? all the positive mood that there is about Wolves at the moment? Um, it'll cause a big deflation for a while. It definitely would. But, but it might if they lost against them, then they'd have to use Thursday as a platform to try and make up for it. It wouldn't make up for it, but, but they'd have to respond in some way or another. In a great Christmas period, you're the only team to win three games. But very credible draw at Brighton Monday night. I know a few were a bit critical that it was a bit overly defensive and a bit counter-attacking focus. But I think we have to remember you conceded 10 goals in your last two games against Brighton. So it's a big step up and improvement, removing West Brom from the conversation for a moment. What, what, what can this season be in terms of a league campaign? Is there generally eyes on potential European qualification? I know Gary O'Neill kind of talked it down. Um. A few people are talking about it on like the Wolves Twitter bits, but I don't think we're taking it. Like, I think we'll just take it as it comes now. It's just every game we're just enjoying. We'll see where it takes us. We wasn't expected to do anything. so Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, essentially, he, I guess, specifically, has probably exceeded your expectations, hasn't he? Yeah, massively. Massive. When he come in, I was really worried because what Bournemouth fans have said. But... He's been the complete opposite. His football's actually quite good. I think he just shows that he he just had to adapt to what he had at Bournemouth, which is they're not as good players as what we have, apart from Solanke up front. When he went on Monday Night Football as well, I think he really changed the perception people had of him. Because I yeah. think he, he, he can come across a bit scatty. He's a bit kind of wavy arm and stuff, and he's a bit jumpy and stuff. Um, but I think he really changed people's perception and people were watching it going oh, yeah, shit, you really know your onions. And he spoke about, you know, his ideology of what he wanted you to be and being able to kind of subject to who your opponents were, kind of scale back from what his ideal philosophy was. And we've seen some of it play out. I mean, your home record, Bradley's outstanding considering the opponents you've had, really. Yeah, it's, it's the way we say It's the way the midfield is. I think that's been the biggest change. It's a dynamism in the midfield. We win the ball higher up the pitch. So then the transitions are really fast to get into the opponent's box. And that's why we're scoring goals pretty much every game there. We used to win it a lot deeper, like in our own half. Now we tend to win it 
higher up the pitch and we get the reward. Yeah, I suppose reflecting on it, I mean, the makeup of that's really changed from your your kind of your very technical midfield players like uh, Neves and Moutinho, for example, to being, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Actually, a bit more all action now, isn't it? I mean, Lamina's had an outstanding season, hasn't he? Yeah, player of the season by a mile. Oh, I might good. just give him the prize now. So. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I said very recently. I think most Wolves fans would say he was probably their player of the year this year. Um, God knows who yours would be, Gary. Go on, that's an interesting question. None of them. Uh, <laughs> would it be? Bruno None by default? Or... No, no. What the... no seriously, Man- Manchester United player of the year, who would it be? Donna, not our captain. Who could you give it to? They're all dreadful seasons. Bruno, uh, by default, I think. I, I can't really think of much else, mate. Maybe maybe Wan-Bissaka or Dallow, given that they've not given their low bases at the start of the season. They've both performed admirably, considering what you would expect from them. Uh, I don't think either of them are good enough, though. But, yeah, I don't think anyone's exceeded... What you'd want from you know, him. All the patrons were hoping he was going to say Harry Maguire or Scott McTominay, right? Well, yeah, but our patrons are cleverer than that. and uh, Sorry, your patrons are cleverer than that. <laughs> so they know that those two are not up to the level. Have they not been two of United's better players this season? Um, to twist the knife there I, a bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. I mean, Maguire got a lot of praise for playing well against Fulham and got a player of the month award because people felt sorry for the way they'd spoken about him previously but you know <laughs> even when he was even the month he won the player of the year award we got knocked out of the Champions League and the League Cup and you know and he was he was playing centre back while we were getting drubbed four by Copenhagen and things like that so no, I don't think either of them have had a great season either uh, they've had great, great games you know McTominay played well against uh, Chelsea but other than that they've done Done not a lot, I wouldn't say. Where do you sit on Ten Hag at the moment? Uh, same as I've done pretty much every time I've come on, I think. You just you, you want more from him. You, you, it's one step forward, two steps back with him all the time. And in this season, it's going even further and further back the other way. And I think he's probably been lucky at this sort of 25% takeover that in the football supposedly they're in charge of the football inside of it so they might take a few weeks to assess what they want so I think he might last the season now but uh, there's no way he starts he's the manager of United at the start of next season I think they'll they'll look to change to change that yeah, I, I presume part of that would be you'd think that they'd want their own man right the new owners or are well, we I think to call them new owners, can we? Or is it what is it new new football owners? Or well, we, well, we don't even know that. Do I mean the idea that they're new football owners, but they're not in charge of the money, are they? So if he's if Ineos say we want Diego Simeone, we're going to go and get him out of the Atletico Madrid contract. Well, it's you know it's, it's, the Glazers have to sign the money off. So yeah, we don't we don't know how that's going to look, do we? But I I just don't think. I mean, look, he could turn it around this season, but there's there's no signs that he can turn it around and 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 get us to looking like that we might do anything next season. So I think they'll just shake hands with him at the end of, in the, in the summer and hopefully use this six months to find who they want. Your last, term. your last nine results, just to show mm-hmm. you the kind of how Jekyll and Hyde you are. <clears throat> yeah, I'm free near with Everton. And most yeah. people thought because of the circumstance with Everton and the points deduction going into that, is every chance you'd get beat. And actually, yeah. by the end of it, you ended up doing a pretty professional job in a very difficult circumstance and won very comfortably. <clears throat> you then went to Newcastle and lost. And despite only losing 1-0, you were pathetic, really. You got yeah, well beat. Yeah. Then yeah. you battered Chelsea and put up, I think yeah. at, at the time, it was the highest XG of any team in any game this season. Yeah. Then following that, you lost 3-0 at home to Bournemouth. Yeah. Then you went to Liverpool and got a very credible 0-0 draw. Yeah. Then you went to West Ham, was pathetic, lost. Yeah. Then you then you beat Villa 3-2, having been 2-0 down. Then you go mm-hmm. to Forest and lose. <laughs> yeah. And very recently, the 2-2 with mine. And I, I think this is where a lot of frustrations come in, right? 
I mean, you couldn't even get consistency from one game to the next now. It's good, bad, good, bad. Just it's all over the place, isn't it? It's it's inconsistent during the games as well. I mean, I mean the Everton one that you you reference there by the end of it, but in between Garnacho scoring that over kick, uh, when did he score that over kick? Was the third minute or something? Yeah. But that last 25, 30 minutes, we uh, we got absolutely battered, um, and people running through us all the time, and um, similar to what Brad's just spoken about about Wolves. I mean. You know, well, and it was similar to the game at Old Trafford. The likes of Cunha and that running through that midfield. Uh, it was Decore, I don't know. Uh, Decore and I uh, can't think else was playing for Everton that day, but they're just running through us. And uh, this is it. We just, like you say, and then Notts Forest, we, you know, we drab performance, but get ourselves back in it, get one all, and go and concede another one. It's, you know, it's. It's even game to game. There's just no consistency. It's and like you say, you, you played really well against Chelsea. To be fair, and yeah. and Chelsea have been Chelsea have been pretty decent having these last few weeks. We probably are we the last. I don't know if we're the last team to beat them, but we certainly, you know, they've been they've played well since then. Uh, oh, I think Wolves beat them, didn't they, on Christmas Eve? Did they? But um, and then you know we follow that up and we get absolutely battered by Bournemouth. And yeah, they're just there's. There's no consistency. There's no, there's no template there to right. This is what we're doing, and it's going to work. And if if we have a bad day or we lose, doesn't matter because next week this is going to work. And nine times out of ten, this will work. It's just scattergun all the time. The team's different, formations different, centre backs are different, forwards are different. It's just it's just chaos all the time. Bradley, I presume you remember the game week one Monday night trip to Old Trafford with uh, fondness that yeah. Gary referenced there. And he's certainly right. The direct running through the middle of United, is that something you expect to take advantage of again next week? Yeah, probably. But this time, I imagine that was just the start of Gary O'Neill's, like, they're just probably just getting used to what he wanted to play as and now it's a bit more. I think if, the, if it's the same pattern again, this time we are scoring. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You didn't score that night, but there was no dubious refereeing decisions against you, and there hasn't been all season, as you well know, mate. Are, are you going to tell me the Premier while. League's corrupt as well? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Why not? Have you got over it's that? corrupt in some ways, isn't it? Not have you, uh, have you got over the uh, the lack of the penalty award for Anana's foul on Kalidzic? <clears throat> I've come numb to it now. There are many different ones there is. I think I have to pick. I have to put a top 10 list in at the end of the season. Top. Is that is that the worst one you've had all season, though? Or has it been worse oh. ones? Because it, it, does, it does feel, even to us neutrals, it does feel like, actually, in terms of refereeing decisions, particularly on penalties, it does feel like you you have been really badly treated. Yeah. That Huang one against Newcastle is bad. Yeah. Actually, the one against Sheffield's equally as bad, because that was literally the week after. Similar and they apologised the week before. So... The one against Luton as well, Gomez handball, that was a bit iffy. Just smack it at your hand and we'll give yeah. penalty. Yeah, there's a number that have gone against you. Personally, I think that Anana was the, the worst one, though. Uh, Gary, is it a big problem then for that specifically? I think we highlighted it quite early in the season. Direct running centrally. Anyone who's got a, a runner from midfield who can run at you through central areas is problematic, right? Well, yeah, but I mean... It, 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 it can depend who's playing there, but no matter who we've got playing there, it's always going to be a problem because Casemiro, if he's back, which probably 50-50 if that, but he's, I think he's, it might be unfair, I think his legs have gone. Uh, that's what it certainly looks like this this calendar year. I'm sorry, last calendar year. Um, McTominay's tactically inept. He doesn't hold that position at all. So, because he, he goes wandering, you know that makes it easy. My new young lad, he does he does play the position well, but can't do it by himself. Ericsson, I think his legs have gone. Fernandez, as we've spoken about before, he me, he always means well, but he's alluring to himself as well. Um, so it's it's always going to be a problem just because of the makeup of the because of the skill sets of the players involved and of the lack of 
midfield system that we've got in there. It's just a recipe for disaster. If you, even if we didn't have an actual tactical shape in there, but you had good athletes in there or that kind of thing, you could counteract it and, and vice versa. But we've got we've got neither, so yeah, uh, it could be a recipe what's, for disaster. What's the resolution to that then? Like, like, what would you want him to do? Or is it a case of also, in fairness, that perhaps the personnel was not there to be able to come up with a solution to that problem? Well, I, I think I think now, now we're five months into the season, I think we've got to take, I think he's got to take on the chin that the recruitment, again, hasn't hasn't got him what he needed. Um, whether he thought he could turn Mount into a, a a midfielder, a proper midfielder, I don't know, but Mount's not been fit. Whether he misjudged just how far over the hill Casemiro was, was getting, I don't know. Obviously, he's got a lot of faith in in Manu, but you know he's played McTominay all season, but with seemingly not knowing what what he wants to do with him. Um, I suppose the obvious thing, if we can, which is, I don't think they played together, is you would sacrifice one of the other attacking players and say to Casemiro and Manu, you two sit in midfield uh, and let Fernandez play in front of you and and just have. You know, two two wide forwards and a and a striker. That's that's probably the obvious thing that we haven't tried. Is let Casemiro and Manu both sit and and try and link link to the end of the season with a bit of solidity there, and and then go into the market again. But yeah, the Amrabat. I mean, I don't know what he thought he was getting out of Amrabat, but he he doesn't look up to it either, and he's he's barely played. So yeah. The, I think that's it, isn't it? I think Casemiro and Manu, that's the last hope for any kind of midfield shape. Otherwise, it's, uh, yeah, McTominay and Fernandez ball and hit and hope. Have, um, have injuries been an excuse for this season? You have had a lot. Yeah, but, so you know, you, uh, I think it's arguable you can be, you, I don't think any Premier League club really can argue about injuries, really. But I think if you're Man United and you spent, the money we spent on that squad year after year after year. I think, look, it might be a reason why you say, oh, we've, we've finished second behind City and you go, we can't can't do a title challenge with this because we're missing these players. But the idea that we're eighth, ninth in the table or wherever we are and limping from formation to formation and tactics, it's not it's not an excuse to be eighth and ninth, is it? Um so give him a little bit of leeway, but it's not it's not the reason we're struggling, is it? I don't think. It's not the main reason we're struggling. Conversely, Bradley, have you been a little bit fortunate on that front this year? I know obviously Pedro Neto had a bad hamstring injury, but otherwise it doesn't feel yeah, like overall, you've had yeah. too many. No, it's just the Neto one really. It's been the main one. But we caught pretty well that because Sarabia finally turned up. Yeah, against my team, uh, most notably, yeah. that then started a, <laughs> a bit of a run. It's amazing how players seem to do that when it's against your club. Um, I think Gary O'Neill, in fairness, referenced it himself again at the weekend and said, you know, we have been a little bit fortuitous on, on the injury front, which, you know, the club deserves some form of credit for not having many injuries. But the squad is a bit thin, isn't it, Bradley? I, that, I, that's a downside. And I know there's lots of links to strikers at the moment, isn't there, with uh, the likes of Kalidzic has gone on loan, Fabio Silva's gone on loan. Neither were getting huge minutes. But O'Neill spoke about wanting to get a forward in on loan. Do you, do you expect something? Um, He seemed to hint it there was, but if it comes to it, I'm quite happy with Nathan Fraser to be sitting on the bench. Okay. What can you tell us about him? Most people won't be familiar with him. Um, he's just like a proper number nine. His physique or his age is the most impressive thing. Because when he came on against Brentford, I've seen him play quite a lot for them to 23s and he's always looked like a bully. But against centre-backs like Brentford, and when he come on, I thought, mm, this is going to be a good test now to see what he'd be like in the Premier League. And he won a lot of headers. He held the ball up well, took his goal well. And that was sort of the moment where I thought, yeah, this I can trust this kid. I just I'd feel like if something was to come in now though, it's especially if it's alone, it's probably for depth reasons, isn't it? So look at the front three once Wang's back from Asia Cup, which could be sooner than we think if South Korea end up playing Japan in the last sixteen. Um, he wouldn't be available for next Thursday. I don't think the game would be next Wednesday. 
But I look at the front three of Huang, Cunha, and Neto and think, well, that's not getting dislodged. That's the best front three. And I'll get Gary's opinion on that because Bradley looks like he's frozen again. <laughs> oh, he's back. Did you no. hear what I said, Bradley? He's back. On set. He's not back. Your your opinion on their front three, Gary? Um, I really, I mean, I think I'll be, I think everyone everyone likes Neto, don't they? Um, but I've been really impressed with Cunha. I don't probably don't score enough goals, does he? Um, to be that top top level, but I think other than that, he he could he could be one of them players who. Here's my audio. Yeah, while while Bradley's struggling, maybe Cunha's one of them who who could go and play for a. A, a, a big side as as we might call them, but yeah, if you could add some goals to his game, I, I really like Cunha. I mean, I, I like Quang and uh, and Neto obviously, but I've been really impressed with Cunha and a bit of a bit of a throwback. Really, you don't often see sort of forwards like that anymore who pick it deep and and just drive through drive through teams. You don't really see that in the in the modern day. Really, it's all you know, technique and one-twos and, and all that kind of thing. So it's been refreshing to see a forward who's a bit more, you know, direct and a bit of a dribbler and things like that. It's just like I said, probably a shame he doesn't... I think with the same in the Brighton game, he got six goals this season, which is it's decent. It's not, you know, it's more than any of our strikers have got, but it's not, um, you know, if he, if he was getting 10s and 12s, I think they'd be already this season. I think they'd be real, really interesting in... You know, how's your, your front man done, Gary? Rasmus Hoyland. He's obviously scored a couple recently, which is monkey off the back, yeah, isn't it? He's still young. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. But this is this is what we said in the in the pre in the preseason one is that you you um we knew this is what he was. We knew he was going to be inconsistent and and probably only get ten goals this season. Look, his Champions League record was pretty decent, but. You know, we had a we had a, a piss easy group really, um, but you know, I thought his his winner against Villa was a, a great finish. His goal against yourselves was a a really good finish, but it was what second minute. That's it. You know, I don't think he had a kick after that, and some of that's on him, but some of it's with what's going around him. You know, I think he got two two league goals this season, but I think he's actually something like three. So he can no striker can create, especially in the work the way. Similar to what I've just been speaking about, no strikers create chances themselves anymore. Really, um, it's all about where they fit in a team and their movement, and can people find them? And yeah, so well, he, he might end up being a player, but it's probably unfair to judge him given what he's been surrounded with this season, with Fernandez off the boil and Rashford way off the boil, and well, and Anthony really dreadful, and and all the other things that we've 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 seen this season. We'll come back on to them. You back with us, Brad? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was just an ODR problem. I don't right. know. Um, I, I wondered if you might have been trying to get your passport updated and get it changed from perhaps English to uh, Mauritanian. Uh, Mor- yes, I manifested the, that. Uh, the, 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 the shock <laughs> result in AFCON on Tuesday, which means a player that I've described as maybe your most important player in terms of how the system functions, Ray and Eight Nori, is going to be back. That's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, massive. The way we attack now will change again. You've missed him a lot. Severely underrated. He's stayed a lot more fit this season as well, which has made a massive difference. And I dare yeah. say big clubs will come knocking on the door for him soon. Do you think? Yeah, he's just got that. I, I just wonder with him. Like with the arrogance of a player that should be playing higher. It's it's the way your system moves that only really works with him. Like if you see it with the doc the other night, it's just not going to be the same way. You can't expect the ball no. carry and stuff like that. But the way it shunts where he ends up coming into left back positions and then obviously very much plays like a left winger when you're on the ball. I, do, I just wonder in terms of his longer term career, if he was, I don't know, going to get sought after by uh, a club that's got a lot of money, where they would foresee him being. Because there's certainly question marks defensively as a left back. And does he have a strong enough output at the top end to be a, a kind of old-fashioned left winger, if you will? I don't know where the thing comes from about him defensively. I'm pretty sure the last time I saw like the other 14 stats come up, he's one of the top ones for tackles and recoveries. He's he's not bad defensively. I don't know where McTominay's all right for a tackle. He can't pass, though, right, Gary? 
I don't, I don't know if he can tackle either. I don't know what he does. <laughs> no, go on. Defend your man, Bradley. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's a myth. It ain't Neary. I'm not really... Okay. Can't remember him making mistakes this season. Very no, I think, he, I think he's had a great season, but I do think there has been a perception of a weakness there in the past. If he's ironed it out of his game, then do you yeah. Do that with Samedo, though? I know Absolutely. he's a great one-on-one defender. I think he he's jump, had... But he's great in... Uh, I hope Nico doesn't hear this. I think he's had a great season as well. Yes, I made always a really consistent player. No, he used to be like a meme when he first joined everyone. I think everyone just thinks about the Barcelona 8-2 thing, but he's a very good player. He's very he's consistent. Playing that? Yeah. 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 That's where it all... I was like, oh, he signed Samedo and can't defend. <laughs> he, no, like, he's first he's season, had a really good season. Yeah, he's great. He's been great. Very consistent. Gary, what is your best choice centre backs? If everyone's fit, well, actually, split that into two. What do you think it is, and what does Ten Hag think it is? Well, the answer is it's Varane and Martinez by an absolute street. Uh, What Ten Hag thinks it is, God knows. Probably, I I think he thinks it's them two. I, I don't know why he was. He's obsessed with playing Johnny Evans and oh, Varane can't play at that side and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I think hopefully he's, now they're both fit, hopefully he just plays both of them and we don't piss around anymore. Did, with did we ever get Maguire to the bottom and... of what happened with Varane? Because I know you'd said previously you thought they'd probably fallen out. But he's obviously back in favour now. So he's not fallen out with him in the way that, say, Jaden Sancho has obviously fallen out of him. Yeah, right? I mean... <clears throat> I think by all by all reports, it was that Tenag thought that Johnny Evans was better playing uh, with his with his left foot, and and Eric Tenag's style of football is so nuanced and amazing that he needed Johnny Evans with a left footed centre back to play there, and that meant that five times Champions League winner Raphael Varane couldn't play in the team. Um, but that's yeah, I, I think there was a. I don't know if there was a massive falling out, but uh, the, I think they'll look to get rid of Varane at, at some point and get his wages off the books. I don't think they've offered him a a new contract yet. Um, so, as it stands, I think he leaves in the summer. So, yeah, very odd. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to criticise United a lot for keeping high-earning poor players for too long but I don't think Varane would fall into that category if he wants to stay you always need someone of that quality even if he can only give you 20-30 games a season just as a, a mentor to a Martinez and whoever if we if we replace, uh, replace him with part with the news this month of what's been happening with <laughs> other clubs uh, and I think this is relevant to you as well Bradley do you think there's awareness though of getting that wage bill down at United I mean is the club capable of doing that well, they've not shown themselves to be that capable of it previously. Uh, they've, they've been poor at that. I mean, the, the names are endless, aren't they? The players who stayed on and on and on. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all of them, but we've been notorious for getting wages off the books and getting under underperforming players off, you know, off the books for a decent fee. Um, whether that changes now with this new partial ownership and new football directors and whatever else we've got, who knows, but I mean it's the 20, well what is it today 23rd, what are we on, 25th I don't know, but we've only got a week of transfer window left, don't we, so probably not going to happen this this winter, is it so um, You can't spend at the moment, can you? That's the word No, we are, we've, we're very close to, we're pretty much where we need, where we are with the with the rules and yeah, there's not a lot of leeway because um, we, we spent a lot of money in the summer. We don't earn as much as we used to earn, especially in comparison to I think a lot of the other clubs have caught up with us commercially. I think that's probably um, more that it's not that you don't earn as much, but everyone else has closed the gap. Yeah, precise, yeah. precisely. And you know, obviously the the Glazers don't. You know, you can top up ninety million a year, isn't it? Or they won't. We don't. They're not going to put, they won't put 90p in, never mind and 90 million. Ineos so. coming in doesn't change that. Is that correct? Not at the minute, it doesn't because they're not. Um, I think Ineos have said they'll, they're putting money towards the stadiums and things like that. So that's irrelevant to your, uh, 
you know, FFP and PRL, you know, all the other. What, what that means in short, are, but, and we covered this yeah. a little bit last Tuesday. What that means in short is that a club like Wolves can work towards a three-year loss of 105 million. Yeah. Your club, Gary, can only work to a loss of 15. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah, yeah. Precisely, yeah. So you just, you, you, you're inhibiting yourselves already. And then, like I say, with the, with the a squeezing up of commercial deals, whereas maybe 10, 15 years ago when Woodward was in his pomp, as it were, and we were far and away, you know, we had commercial deals all over the world for all kinds of stuff. That's, it's all, that's a level of playing field now. And especially with other clubs, uh, circumventing the rules as well. Uh, it's all sort of merged into one, hasn't it? It's worth saying it's interesting. I know, obviously, there's a lot of sympathy for Everton and, and Forest fans at the moment with what's going on. But your I was club, talking about City, but... Um... <laughs> I, I don't have their sympathy for them quite to the same extent. Um, maybe there is for the fan base. Um, for, for you, Bradley, you kind of give the flip argument, now in the sense that your ownership came out, was honest with you in the summer and said, we can't at the moment we're on the edge of this basically we need to be sensible over the next 12 months and and you've you've abided by the rules right so how do you feel about the forest and everton considering you've kind of sold 100 million worth of players in say nunez and um and neves and i realize you spent some but there's another couple of other sales as well i think you're about 50 50 million up in profit i think since last uh-huh. summer roughly i think I think they've got like some sort of them fifteen million under being going over the threshold or something like that. Yeah, what it was what was a problem for you? I read a piece in the Athletic that basically three years ago you actually made a really really big profit, but that falls off obviously at the end of this year for the next one that falls off. So that's why this year they've had to be they have basically you have to make I think it's around about eleven million profit. I think stay within the, the three, and obviously with the transfer business you've done unless you decide to smash 50 million on a player in the next week, which is unlikely, then no. then you're going to pass through that. So how do you feel knowing that your club hasn't overstretched themselves when considering many of us, including myself, were saying you're banging trouble last summer? Do you feel like they should be punished badly then? Who, Everton and Forest? Yeah. Um... And I, I know, I, I know, there's no love lost with Forest, by the way, but they're not West Brom. Yeah, the Forest one's a bit that that'll be a bit funny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everything I sort of feel sorry for anyway, because they always seem to be getting punched in and that, and they always lose their derby, don't they? So the always a bit. Sean's going to love you for that, aren't he? Say <laughs> <laughs> that to him. <laughs> I told him before, you must be the most depressing football club to support. Yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go criticising others for losing their derbies when your no. game's next, by the way, mate. But okay. I don't know. I don't think I know enough to say, but if they've gone past the rules that I'm there, then there's got to be some sort of punishment because eventually the league's going to put the foot down one way or the other. It's just that it needs to apply to the big ones that they want to protect. Yeah. That is the biggest thing for me. It's it's okay. They've broke the rules. That's fair enough. But if Man City have et cetera, et cetera, then the same has to apply no matter what. It doesn't matter if they're good for the league because how much views they bring in. It has to be fair across the board. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Chelsea's at the start of their three year cycle, so you can't punish them yet. So it's going to take a couple of years. They either change their behaviour or they'll get done as well. And City's a whole different case that we know is going to take a long time to deal with. But I think it's, it's more the point from your own perspective, Bradley, that your club didn't put the, the club in a more dangerous position. Yeah. It's sensibly when a lot on the outside were even going, well, I think it's all right, actually. I think they can spend some money. They just don't want to. Actually, the numbers say you have to make a profit in this financial year or you will fail. Yeah, I'm glad we have because it's better to have the security now. Because now we know in going into the summer we can have quite an interesting transfer window. Like we've got a solid team, and to be honest, some of the recruitment in the summer is starting to pay off now. So like players like Tommy Doyle for five million, thank you very much. Stanti Bueno starting to look a very solid player. He costs about twelve million, something like that. 
solid sums. Yeah, solid. Really, look, Tommy Doyle for five million is an absolute steal. How big a bonus would it be to have Wang back? Uh, yeah, he's a he's a main man. If it's gonna fall, to, if it's gonna fall to anyone in the box. I'd want it to be him. So, but we're doing all right without him. Like we're doing all right without Neto. When Neto went, we we can adapt. We can adapt. The flip is obviously because you've had this kind of really tough run. I think it's fair to say of home fixtures so far this season. It does ease up in the near future. I know, Gary, I'm not necessarily saying it starts with you, uh, but it might do. After United <laughs> at home, Brentford at home, Sheffield United at home, Fulham at home, and then Bournemouth at home is scheduled in the blank. It looks kinder, doesn't it? And I wonder, therefore, particularly if the Bournemouth game was to go ahead in 29, some advice beat West Brom, and that becomes less likely, by the way, mate. And a few <laughs> Wolves assets might become of interest, particularly if people are looking to downgrade, say, a Watkins to fund a Salah in a couple of weeks and want to look at someone like Cunha. Taking all that away for the moment, if you wanted to invest in a Wolves offensive player for FPL, Bradley, once Huang is back, which one would you want to invest in? Um, I'll still probably go for Wang once he's back. Because at the end of the day, he's the most likely player to score and he's a midfielder, so he's out of position on the game. Uh is very solid though now. He's developed into a solid returner. And, a lot of people Neto, Neto was doing great, right? With the assists. Yeah, he's an assist merchant now. Whereas them two are gonna score or take a penalty between them. Swang and Kuhn, you're the penalty takers. Is, Neto, it, not just, is it not just Wang after he took one at Fulham? No, uh Cunha's Cunha took one against Brentford as well, so uh, in the cup recently, yeah, but then obviously Huang was away, right? Yeah, I'd probably still assume they were both on the pitch. I think Huang will still they? be first choice, yeah. but I won't, I won't shot me if Kuhn you took one for whatever reason. I take it there's no point looking at Sarabria now at 4.7, is there? No, it'll slowly start to be taken out the team probably soon. As soon as Huang's back and he's fit to go, the front three will just pick itself. Gary, similar price, Garnacho. Yeah, don't don't mind the Garnacho. What's he four four seven? Is he four, four eight? Four so, eight at the moment. Yeah, four eight. So, um, especially at the minute when we might all be looking for downgrades to save money for the for the doubles that might be coming up. Um, so yeah, don't don't mind it. Wouldn't wouldn't be rushing there, but like I say, I think if it helps you get somewhere else as well as a. But you know, double move. She actually get back to Harland or Salah or Son or you know whoever we're looking for in a couple of weeks. I, I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't uh, bet against it. Yeah, he's been right on my radar. I nearly invested in him recently. We've we've got to the point, Gary. I've left it as long through the podcast as possible. We are recording during the Fulham Liverpool game, and obviously, if Fulham by the time you listen or watch this, have gone through, then you're going to blank in game week 26. And I would suggest Manchester United assets are probably off the table. Do you guys want me yeah. to spoil what the score is currently? Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. I won't be watching it. Yeah. Liverpool <laughs> won new up on the night, so they're 3-1 up. <sighs> so, it, 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 for the point of the record, I think we've got to assume at the moment that Fulham would go ahead in 26, Gary. And actually, if you mm. look at your run from Luton away in 25, which might be, that might be the point where it's like, right, go and get Salah back. I need to downgrade. Yeah. Look at Luton away, Fulham at home if it's on, City away, yes, rough. Everton at home in 28. And then Sheffield United has obviously got a big asterisk next to it as both teams are still in the FA Cup in blank game with 29. Mm. But if suddenly that turned, I mean, if you lost at Newport, that would be quite amusing for the majority of the country. Um, yeah. Sorry, mate. It just would be. I don't suppose <laughs> it will would, happen. Yeah. You, you're not going to lose to Newport. You never you? know. You never know. <laughs> um, was, your last perf- was your last performance good or bad, Gary? Uh, it was against my team. Uh, was it good yeah. or bad? Against you, I thought we were. I thought we were dreadful. I thought we were very lucky. Oh, right. So you're you're a good one then. Oh well. So yeah, you'll probably true, make yeah. it through. But if um that game obviously went ahead in 29, that's a really good run of yeah. fixtures. Even with Manchester City away in the middle of it. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good run of fixtures. I just don't know where you would go given that apart from the you know if you can get like a Garnacho to save yourself money and 
and fund the others. But I don't know where else you'd go, given that, you know, you put like a Highlander who might have hit a bit of run of form, but we're trying to get into Highland and Darwin and there's not really a space to, to go sideways there. If you're not, from a Slanky or a Watkins, you're not saving that much money on, on Highland. Fernandez and Rashford aren't, aren't might, really might, at it. It might be the difference, you know. Someone's sitting there with 1.5 on in the bank, yeah. something like yeah. Watkins to Hoyland might be enough that gets you Saka to Salah, for example. It might be. Yeah. Again, if, if it is and it's going to get you a doubler in, for if it's going to get you a Salah or a Haaland and whatever, then it's not the end of the world. But I don't know. I mean, we've got two league goals this season. Um, what, what, what appeals with Garnacho particularly is the idea that you could you can use him as as the enabler in in the good fixtures. Obviously, you probably bench him at City in twenty seven, but the other mm. four fixtures, the two before and after, obviously, is Sheffield United subject. But you could play him in all of them. It's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I'd like to say I don't I don't mind I don't mind the guy actually like I say at four point eight because I think you can help you get two two uses out of him. You, you can play in, and he might save you a load of money to go and get anyone else. But I, I don't I think everyone else is either out of form or in such an awkward position or price point that I, I don't don't know where else you'd go really Bradley if I said buy Cunha or Hoyland what would you do Cunha Gary uh, are, they exact, are they the exact same Cunha's 5.8 right? isn't he 5.8 so he's a million Hoyland is a million more Um, Probably, probably Cunha, yeah, just because I'd like to have that million to go and get, you know, a, even if it made, even if it meant I could turn a four point five defender into a Kyle Walker for the double, or just little things like that. And I, I don't think there's a lot between Cunha and and Highland really, uh, p- potential points wise. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Bradley, with eight Nori back, four point five. He was having a little bit of an interest and then obviously got injured that night at, at Fulham, which kind of yeah. stopped a little bit of momentum that was building towards him as a possible asset for the Christmas period. And then people knew the Asia Cup, uh, sorry, AFCON was coming up as well. Would he be, now that we have to assume that he'll be back and starting against Manchester United next week, would he be the one to get defensively? Um, for the attacking potential in open play, probably just about... But his final ball's a bit naff. He's great to watch to get in, in the positions and stuff, but his final ball is, does tend to be quite So poor. great to watch for you, but would he be great to watch for fantasy managers? Would he be frustrating, therefore? He'd probably be a said. bit frustrating because you can see him beat two people with ease, get in the box, and then probably hit it off someone for a corner. Yeah, I but think... that's part of the fun. I think if you can find the right rotation, and this will even apply to people who perhaps even use their wild card. We mentioned your home games. Looking at your next four away, Chelsea, Tottenham, Newcastle, Villa, you probably wouldn't be too comfortable playing him in many of them. So if you can find the right rotation, then I think that's quite nice. And again, you know, covering the blanks for you, Sheffield United at home 26. I mean, that's great. Even, mm-hmm. if you, even if you just wanted to get him in and, as a cover and use him for that. That fix just scarred me now. I don't want to say it. Why has it scarred you, mate? Because they're the, the worst team in the league by far. And we we used to give him teams, you know, when Huddersfield was in the league and they were terrible. Badly, we you, gave them six points. So. You told me to stop coming back to Molyneux because every time I turned up, we won. I came twice last year and we lost twice last year, right? So these, <laughs> these, these things these things end, mate, unfortunately. The records are there to be broken, unfortunately. By the way, I've, I've only ever seen defeats at Old Trafford, by the way, Gary, so I, I don't think I'll go next year <laughs> either. Um, or would you prefer Dawson or something in Bradley? Um, Dawson... <clears throat> He's only scored twice for us, so it's that, fine for the. That, that fine surprising. Six. Is that right? It is surprising. I feel like he should have got more, but is he a yellow card merchant now? So I'd probably lean towards eight Nuri because Dawson's going to end up giving you like one or zero sometimes. It's going to be annoying. Okay. Have you got any wolves at the moment, Bradley? Um, I've still got Huang on the bench. All oh, right. So are you just intending to hold now, or is it? 
Yeah, I just feel like he's cheap enough, so I'll just leave him there. Because I'll just buy him back anyway, so I'll, I'll just put him third on the bench. Because his price isn't going to go too far down, so... Yeah, I mean, people are focusing other, in other areas at this point now. Uh, Gary, any balls for you at the moment? Not at the minute, no, and probably no real plans in the short term. But I think, you know, if, if they if they end up with some doubles towards the end of the season, uh, depending on the cut run, I think, I think you know, like a, I don't know, a Sa, Punya, Huang, you know, if you can get them for 16, 17 million on a, on a bench boost type week, that would be... That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? If you can get three of them, sort of five million, six million, with a couple of good games, they they're the kind of players you want with a a doubling a bench boost, isn't it? Those ones where you'd have to spend a lot on them, but could could go big for you. They, so they're, they're, they're could, that's where I'm thinking with them at the minute. Yeah, there there could be a nice double there. You need to beat West Brom, yeah. by the way, Bradley. I just need to make this clear. Um, but you could have sort of like Bournemouth at home and Palace at home in 37, and people looking at bench boost. Could be really Triple interesting. Captain. Triple captain Huang Bradley. He probably pulled don't, his hamstring that one time. Uh, uh, Erling Holland is not back in training. It's a myth. You haven't seen it. Hold it for Huang in game week 37. I presume you're not looking at investing in any other Wolves players at the moment, then Bradley. Um, do you know what? I might go for Cunha. Double, double Wolves offensive. Attack. Is that, is, that, is that part of finding money for someone else, or is that just I want him in my team? Uh, I just want him in my team. It's exciting to watch playing when he's, when you're watching it live. It's even more fun. So I'm just playing for fun at the minute. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Gary. Seen your rank. You're playing for fun as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, should be a big time this season. Yeah. Any, yeah. any United in the squad at the moment? No. Any intention? Not at all. No. Bradley, you got any? No. Any intention? No, no chance. What about Dallow, Gary? I just, you just don't know where you are with him because I think if Shaw, if Shaw comes back, then he goes being at left back. I think Dallow probably is first choice right back, but it's not. he's not that clear of, of Wan-Bissaka. Dallow's attacking returns historically have been Pretty pretty poor. Um, clean sheets were not not ticking over, maybe, but we're not great. Again, if it allows you to get other things get other things done. It's with those fixtures, it's not the worst decision. But I think he was trying to wedge some some double game weekers in at the minute, wouldn't he? And yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to do it. What do we know about Atlay Binder? Nothing. Well, I certainly don't. Anyway, um, uh, he's not played, has he? Really? So, um, yeah. And it depends what uh, depends what. When, well, uh, yeah, uh, Anana's got his that. last sixteen game for Cameroon. If selected, yeah. I'm guessing maybe he won't be at the moment. Interesting yeah. against yeah. Nigeria on Saturday. So obviously, yeah. if, if they went out. He'd, I mean, he might, be back he might play at Newport Sunday. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Flight straight from Ivory Coast to uh, Wales. Yeah, could be. Um, you, you haven't seen him, have you? Has he played in any game? Played no. in the League Cup or anything? Uh, no, I don't think. I think Conan played when Newcastle knocked us out. Uh, so, yeah, no, I don't think he has. I mean, it did show... Did you not think that the whole he's going to play against Tottenham and then get the flight the next day, even though Cameroon had a... Or that night, was it, and Cameroon had a game the next day? It yeah. was a bit of a slap in the face to, to the boy who come in, wasn't it? It's just very odd. Um, I know probably Onana feels that he wants to build his confidence and try and get something going for United, but it just... Yeah, it's smacked of... He's now ended up out of the Cameroon team, so he's not... Well, he was, he, I think he he missed he missed his fight anyway, didn't he? he? Didn't play the first match for him, and had a shocker in the second. And wasn't he like? Yeah, I, I heard he third. was like an hour from the ground, like a half hour to kick off or something like that. Bizarre, yeah. like he like he nearly made it. Yeah, I just yeah, it, but it didn't like you say it doesn't doesn't bode well for for, for the well it doesn't show well for the rest of the group, does it? That we that we're doing all that just for one play. You, you think 
put, put a bit of trust in your number two. You're bit, presumably going to need it at some everyone. point. Yeah. Well, precisely, yeah, because if we might need him for the next three, four weeks, still depending on what you know what Cameron do. So, yeah, very odd decision, especially when one of the games was Wigan in the FA Cup as well. Yeah, why didn't he um, play? So you didn't even play him in that. Um, so yeah, and then. He he wasn't at fault for any of the Spurs goals, but he does suggest that he does suggest that although Anana has had good and bad moments this season, that it's obviously a lack of trust in this fella. And if Anana's not back, that only helps the narrative towards thinking Wolves are going to give me some trouble next week. Well, I mean, Onana's not Onana's not been great anyway, as I said. I think we knew we're going to give us trouble anyway. But yeah, just like you say, it's more fuel to the fire, isn't it? Because, yeah, if, if if they had any faith in them at all, they'd have just said to Onana, look, you, you've gone to play for your country and, you know, good luck and come back with a trophy yeah, type he, thing. He did seem... A month type, yeah. I mean, look, it seems strange that he stayed for the extra game against Tottenham. Okay, but fair enough. It might be important from yeah. a distribution point of view, for example. But I did think it was really strange that Binder didn't get minutes or Wigan in the cup. It seemed like yeah, the ideal time yeah. to just give him some minutes... And getting yeah. playing with teammates. Now you're going into what will possibly be a hostile atmosphere, and he's yeah. got no experience of playing with in front of um, behind that defence. Rather, uh, one more question yeah. for you, Gary, before we finish. It's the big one. Um, if you had to buy Marcus Rashford or Bruno Fernandes at the moment, you would buy. <laughs> Bradley, oh, stop laughing. Uh, um... <laughs> uh... Well, did you not think I was going to ask that at some point? No, actually, James. No, didn't. I, why, I, why would people I, do I, it? I, yeah, I can't believe anyone's even contemplating it. Um, probably reluctantly, Rashford. I think bigger goal threat. Um, you know where he's. We know you know where he's playing in the team. Fernandez has been shunted around all season. Uh, if McTominay plays, Fernandez seems to play deeper than. McTominay, which is baffling. Um, Rashford, you probably bank on. I mean, could spin it that Rashford might have it a bit of run of form, but I thought he's got a good, good, good finish against Spurs. I thought he was pretty patchy. I didn't think he played that well, really. He had a couple of couple of goals where he went past Poro, but his decision making and crossing was poor. But yeah, if if, if you were forcing me. I'd be reluctant to go Rashford, but I'm not please don't buy either of them. Yeah, thanks. I'm not going to force you. Do you think Gonasher will stay in the team? We've obviously had news today, Anthony Marshall out 10 weeks, but I don't suppose that's yeah. going to massively impact anyway. Do, no. Is Gonacho, no. I don't want to use the word now, but now, but is his first choice in your mind quite clearly at this stage? I think his first choice, yeah. And, um, he's, he's performed well on the left-hand side. I still think he's better on the left-hand side than the right-hand side, but he, he, he got his two goals against Villa while playing, in, well, starting in that wide right role, wide right role. So, um, yeah, I think he's first choice, but, you know, Tenag showed a lot of faith in Anthony for no reason. So, you know, you wouldn't be that surprised if Anthony stole some minutes off him. Uh, <laughs> one more for you, Bradley. Tommy Doyle. Mm-hmm. Very quietly playing really well. Yeah. He is actually 4.4 if people are looking for a enabler. Has he done enough, do you think, to keep his spot in the team when Jao Gomez is back from suspension? Tell you what, it's going to be a very tight decision. I won't, I won't moan if Gomez no is on the bench. Tommy Doyle's got fantastic set pieces as well. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, I think. And he's got a cracking goal at Brentford, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that was his weak foot as well. Yeah, he's just a very, very, very good footballer. Yeah, I, I think he might be one that would offer a solution to a few people as a real cheap enabler because it's not all the good ones. I've I've had this a few times, but I've looked at oh, I'll go Garnacho and then look at other moves with the money, and I think oh, actually I needed it to be like a four point six midfielder or less. The ones that really appeal are at sort of Garnacho's level, and I'm not suggesting you go and buy Doyle over Garnacho, for example. But if you're looking at the four point five or under, if he if he got in the team, he'd possibly be worth a look if people need to go right down, I think. Yeah, if he needs to go right down, he's I don't know how other price some of the other guys, but he's gotta be one of the best just for the set piece potential. 
because he'll take he took every free kick pretty much. Yeah, I and he's crossing his spot on. One one to monitor for sure. Um, I think you play better on the ball when he plays. Yeah, he's always available. You can see he's come through the city system. He's so good. I can't believe they just gave him away for five million. They got. I mean, they got Nunes. Uh, I think they've got a fifty percent sell-on clause or something like that. Okay. I'm sure they'll see some of that and more than probably what they give you originally. I imagine at some stage, mate. Yeah, he's top draw. Gents, thank you both so much. Let's uh, end on predictions. Uh, firstly, Bradley, West Brom away Sunday. No comment. Gary, <laughs> Newport away Sunday. Oh, God. 2-0 uh, to United. Why didn't you just say no comment? <laughs> Same thing. Well, I, right. didn't want, I didn't want two of us to ball it, so I thought I'd, uh, <laughs> given, that, given that that's not a derby, I'll, I'll let Brad off the hook uh, predicting, so I'll... I'll follow my sword when uh, Newport knock us out on uh, Sunday night. Bradley, I'll say a draw then Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Stock up on bog roll and good luck. Uh, prediction for Manchester <laughs> United at home next Thursday, mate. Um, two nil to us. I can imagine two the nil. atmosphere. I can imagine what the atmosphere might potentially be like. And Man United seem a bit of a shirker team, don't they? When the going gets tough, they just disappear. Gary, yeah. response to that and your own prediction? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I, I think Thursday night, Molyneux, I just, yeah, that that group of players isn't going to fancy it. Uh, we've seen that all season. I'm going to say we'll get a goal, but we'll still get a beat. I'll say 3-1 Wolves and Gary O'Neill to get the England job in the summer as a little bonus prediction for you. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Please elaborate on that last comment, Gary. Well, I think I think Southgate will be. Uh, I think either way, Southgate probably looks like he wants to leave, doesn't he? I think he said that nearly left after the World Cup. So we'll be after a manager. I think it should be an English manager. So who else is there? Unless Eddie Howe gets the shot. Right, that's that's yeah. the obvious one, isn't it? If Newcastle decide to to change, which there isn't a suggestion yeah. at the moment that they'd be considering it, that would be one hell of a rise for for Gary O'Neill, Bradley. Um, and I've got to be honest, I read something today and the thought crossed my mind as well. But I, I don't see that. Gary. But that's, um, you know, wild things to happen in 2024. Yeah, Gary O'Neill becoming the England manager would be pretty wild um, based on what people had been saying about him. I think prior to this very good run with you, Wolves, uh, with you, Bradley. You win, Bradley. You go above United. Yeah, we could have gone level with Brighton on Monday, I think, if we won. So we're not we're not actually that far away. It's just... There's quite a few bodies in between, but we can beat those bodies. So, watch three, the space three points off seventh, which will probably be a conference league place. Six points off sixth. I think the, the top five might be a bit too much for you yourselves, Bradley. Yeah. But yeah, you get a head up of steam. But if you keep your results strong at home, you'll be there and thereabouts. So, you'll, you'll be in and around it, I think. There's every chance you'll finish top half from here, mate. I think you've had a really good season. Gary, I don't know where it's going, mate. It's exactly what we've said. It's one good, one bad, or one step forward and two steps back. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be. I think Wolves Wolves are probably, I think Wolves will probably win next Thursday as well, as it stands. I'm I'm interested to see this keeper. Well, we'll see him on, yeah, we'll see him on Sunday. We'll see, we'll see him on Sunday unless Anana loses to Nigeria and goes straight from, Cameroons yeah. Wales on Sunday, which is economy class flows. <laughs> Gents, <laughs> thank you both so much. Bradley, anything you want to plug before you go? Uh not Virgin Internet. Not Virgin <laughs> Internet. Okay, cool. Is there a different internet provider you would like to plug? Actually, don't do that. We're not getting paid for it. Dialogue. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> anything you want to plug, mate? Uh no, no, thanks. My virgin's held up today, so I'm all right. Super stuff. Thank you both so much. Uh, no COTC next week as it stands. It's a bit difficult with uh, Tuesday deadline and me also going to Everton on a Saturday morning as well and being at Tottenham Wednesday night, it's going to be a bit awkward. Um, I will be streaming uh, tomorrow. Ask James live stream on YouTube, 12 o'clock audio will follow shortly after that. Just sees me say good luck to Bradley and Gary in the Cups and in the league next Thursday and for the rest of the season. And cue music, please, man child. I'm gonna miss you, 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 I'm gonna miss you,
Sports Social Podcast Network.